Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super excited that you're joining me right now. I just got out of the steam room, so I'm a little lightheaded and my hair is soaked in sweat. So it was great. I actually have one in my community center that's super close by and I've just been using that lately and they finally reopened after being closed for so long with COVID. Um, So I'm super excited that that is happening again because honestly, like one of my favorite biohacks is using a sauna and a steam room. And I feel like I talk about that so much on social media, but I do really feel good. I like, I love the endorphins from it. I love what it does for my brain. I love what it does for my mindset and my mood. And it just makes me feel better all around. Really good for your skin too. Really good for detoxing. So yeah, I'm feeling really good. And I have this, I was debating about if I should share this on this podcast or not this story, but I figured why not a close-knit group of us who listen to this podcast every week. So we will see whose ears this lands on. But my, so I have a golden retriever puppy and he is 14 months old. His name is Moose. And if you follow me on Instagram at biohacking Brittany, you have definitely seen photos of him. And last Friday, he had to get one of his testicles removed. So one of them actually didn't drop, like one of them didn't descend. So it's an undescended testicle. I forget the actual term, like a condition for it, but so he had to actually get it removed from his abdomen. Like they, so they, so he had surgery and he, yeah, they took it out and they left the intact one because we didn't want to fully neuter him just because we don't like my partner and I, we don't think that that's best. So we just left him with the one that, that did descend. And so he's, yeah, he's on a bunch of drugs and he's basically on bed rest for the next two weeks because he has to heal. So no jumping, which is not going that great right now. A lot of, yeah, a lot of sleep, no long walks. He has like a cone and he has this pet shirt that he has to wear to cover up his stitches. He can't lick the area on his abdomen. And yeah, and so he's on these drugs that are to sedate him and are painkillers because otherwise he's just too active because he's a puppy. So yesterday, this is so crazy. So so the one of the drugs that he is on, so he's on two, like one is like a anti-anxiety calming agent type of idea. And then the other one is a painkiller and it sedates you. And I actually have it here in front of me and it's called gabapentin. Now, I don't know if this, like, I don't know a lot about these types of drugs, but I don't know if humans can take this or if this is only for dogs. But anyway, so yesterday, so he takes half of one of these tablets per meal. Okay. So yesterday in the morning, my partner, my fiance, Ryan, he fed him in the morning and he has his medication and and he took this tablet and he broke it up on a cutting board and gave him half the tablet and then put the other half in the container and then put the medication away and it was fine. And so like I've done it a bunch of times, it's pretty straightforward. And so then I go and make lunch yesterday and I made like, we have this really nice sourdough bread and I made avocado toast for Ryan and I, and I used the same cutting board and I had no idea that that was the cutting board that Ryan had to use that morning. I didn't really see anything on it, like in terms of leftover, like drug parts or whatever, like crumbles, I guess. Or like if you've ever had to cut a pill open, like there's no way to just slice it nicely, like little parts fall off. Anyway, so I'm using this cutting board and then I gave us lunch. And within like half an hour, I was like, I looked at Ryan. I was like, I think I've ingested something. Like, so I have been high before. I went through this weird phase in 2020 where I was having a lot of gummies all the time, like consuming cannabis and just like, I don't smoke it. I've, I only take it in gummies and I just went through this phase. I don't know. I was just having them at night. And when I mean like I was having it a lot, like you have to understand that the gummies I used to eat and sometimes still do are like 2.5 milligrams. I am like a baby when it comes to cannabis. Like I need the smallest amount 
to be able to feel like high or relaxed or anything. So I am like very, very, I don't need much at all. And so I've been high a lot. So I, I understand what it feels like. And so I'm literally eating this avocado sandwich and I start looking at my hands like, what is happening? Everything started feeling really weird. And it was like midday on a Monday. And like, I, I just got hit hard and I have no idea. And I said to Ryan, I was like, I think, I feel like I've had a gummy. I feel like I'm high. I don't know what happened. And it literally just knocked me on my ass. I was out for like two hours on a Monday, not working at all. Like just on the couch watching Netflix. Like I couldn't even work. <laughs> I was like, and I, at the time when I made the sandwich, I guess like on the same board, I didn't know that Ryan had previously used that board. And so when I said this to him, I thought I was just imagining it. I was like, I don't know why I feel like this. I have no energy to work. And it's not like I'm tired. I'm like, I don't care. This is how I feel when I'm high. I literally don't care. I just want to lie down and do nothing. And I was like, I feel like I'm high. And then he's like, yeah, I used that cutting board this morning for Moose's medication. And I was like, oh my goodness. And yeah, it lasted two hours. I did nothing. Like nothing. I just laid on the couch. I tried to work and do things that were like not talking to humans, like just like back end work. And I was able to do a little bit of that, but like, damn. And I don't even know how much like I took. I don't even know if that's possible for a little amount to affect you like that, but something happened and I was way off. And then I like snapped out of it a few hours later and then I was fine. And then I was able to work and like get back to it. And my, and Ryan, cause I made him lunch too. He also felt woozy as well. So, cause right when I told him and then he ate his and I don't know if that was placebo effect. I don't think it hit him as hard as it hit me, but anyway, so that was very interesting and do not recommend having, do not recommend trying any type of medication that is for your dogs because it's, <laughs> it really knocks you on your butt and it's not fun. Uh, you might as well just, you know, have a gummy or smoke some weed and, and be done with it. Yeah. So if you have any experience with that, please let's like message me. I haven't researched it, but I bet there are, there is some information out online. And yeah, so today we, we have another episode. I had Natalie Nidium Nidum on oh my gosh and she's really cool she's really big in the biohacking space she's pretty well known I've had a few people recommend that I actually bring her on the podcast and we talked a lot about peptides peptide bioregulators which are really cool and something that's very very new and I knew very little about so it was really cool talking in depth with her about it. She's friends with a lot of like my biohacking friends, which is cool. And she does a lot of experiments on herself too. So definitely check her out. You can find her on social media, on Instagram and stuff like that and follow her because it was awesome having her on. And, and I just like love having other women, female biohackers on because it's just like I don't know. It's fun. And yeah, and shout out to, of course, this week's sponsors. So like I mentioned later on, I am working with Keon right now, which is exciting. It's Ben Greenfield's brand. And I'm taking their Keon Lean product. Again, it's linked on the show notes and you can use my discount code if you want. But this product's really cool because we all have like really heavy meals coming up with if you're in the States, like Thanksgiving or Christmas and New Year's and these types of things. And this lean product really helps diminish the negative effects of eating a very carbohydrate heavy meal. It helps reduce the negative impacts on our blood sugar, blood glucose levels or blood sugar levels by basically shuttling the extra glucose into our muscles rather than it being stored as fat. So if you're like me and you like balance and you like to indulge in your meals, which a lot of us do, which is totally fine, like by all means do that, but just try and take something like Keonlean to reduce the impact on your body, like on your weight, on your metabolism, on your glucose levels, like just be careful with it. Yeah. And of course, go through the link or, or just DM me for it as well. My discount code is BiohackingBrittany, which it always is. And then we also have Inside Tracker. Now, Inside Tracker is my favorite. I work with them a lot. And 
They have a crazy Black Friday deal right now. It's really just trying to get people tested who haven't been tested before. So if you don't know what Inside Tracker is, basically it's a test that you do at home and it tests a whole bunch of different nutrient levels, vitamins, minerals, hormones. And it also, you can also do your DNA and you can also do your biological age test. So I love it because it's very holistic, very 360, includes everything that you need. And their deal right now, which you'll hear, is crazy for Black Friday. So definitely, definitely do it. I'm a very big Black Friday person. Like I save my, I have a list every year of what I want to buy on Black Friday of like big purchases. So Inside Tracker is quite a big purchase. I think, I don't even know what it is like without the discount, but let me see what this discount is. It's like $200 off and a free biological age test. Woo. Wow. That's a good one. That's good because it's expensive. It's yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth it, but $200 off is a great deal. So if you've been thinking about it, I would really suggest that this is the time to do it. And the other thing I want to note before jumping into this episode is that I am going to be recording another Q&A episode very soon. And I did one of these in October and I got a lot of positive feedback from everybody. It's interesting too, because like whenever I do Q&A episodes, the downloads are always higher on those episodes. So I know like more people listen to it. So I'm going to do another one. And if you have a question for me, please send me a message on Instagram or email me. But honestly, like Instagram is probably the best. My handle's at biohackingbrittany. And I will answer your questions. And last time it was really surprising. I got a lot of like personal health questions of like people being like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. What do you recommend? That was very interesting because it's hard to kind of answer those types of questions without more information. And I thought it would be more questions of like, why are you eating more animal food lately? Are you a carnivore? But it was like, no, this is what's happening with me and give me advice, which is cool. So I'm happy to answer everything and yeah, definitely, definitely send me a message and I will shout you out on the show and I will answer your question the best that I can. Yeah. So enjoy this episode. And if you have any feedback or you have any guest suggestions, I would love that as well. I am wrapping up the year pretty soon. I have some big changes coming, I think for next year. So I'm thinking a lot about that a lot about Emphy if I'm going to launch it or not. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned and thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. It means so much to me. I cannot believe that this is episode 75. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I'm still doing it. (laughs) So I, I appreciate you listening and your support and enjoy this one and stay tuned for another one next week. Well, welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. Today I have Natalie Nidim. I hope I'm saying your name right. um, Yep. On the (laughs) podcast. And she is a fellow Canadian like myself. She's on the East Coast. She's a certified holistic nutritionist, just like myself as well. A bulletproof human potential coach and Aprion epigenetics coach as well. So first of all, Natalie, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Like I said to you earlier, it's so fun to be on the other side of the mic for a change. It's much more relaxing, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so as well. So I'm really curious about you going to the Bulletproof Human Potential Institute. Like, can you just tell me about that and how was it? Because I thought of doing that a few years ago and I'm, I wonder if I should actually consider it again. Yeah. So I don't actually even think it's called Bulletproof anymore because as many of us probably, many of your listeners probably know, as I'm sure you know, there's been a bit of a split between the Bulletproof brand and uh, Dave Asprey. And and actually, the, they may have switched it over to the Human Potential Academy even a couple of years after I, I did it. I was in that very first cohort of people. So we were the brave souls who got an email and said, Ooh, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a couple of years after, I think it was maybe two or three years after I'd be, I'd studied and become a holistic nutritionist. And I was at a point where I felt that it was all fine and good to have all this information about nutrition and coach people on nutrition. But 
there's also this realm of biohacking that I'd been introduced to and been kind of deep diving into. And, and the human potential program sounded like a really good idea to go deeper in on some of these topics. And I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a spur of the moment kind of person. I, I will hear about something and it'll hit a nerve and boom, I'm in, right? When I decided to go to school to study holistic nutrition, I had a conversation with my chiropractor and I think three days later I was registered for full-time in-class program. <laughs> it was just, I was, I mean, obviously at that time I was looking for something. I knew I wanted to change. I knew I wanted to go back into science. I knew I wanted to work with people and help them, but I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to go about doing that. When when it came to the Human Potential Institute, what that training was, which was actually so remarkable, was it was really tapping into a lot of the practices around helping people to change their behavior, studying flow. There was an eight-week mindfulness meditation uh, course embedded within that program. And it really gave me, it really enhanced my, what I would call my toolkit of how I help people to tap into what their drivers are and how to you tapping into those kind of change their behavior. And it exposed me to a lot of different work that was just really eye-opening and and it was personally transformational as well as giving me that toolkit for my clients. So I for me, I, it really hit the mark. I think there were people that came into the program hoping that they would learn all about the Bulletproof Diet. And I was really hoping that wasn't going to be the case. <laughs> and there were a couple of modules on obviously on diet and food and this and that, but that wasn't that wasn't the primary driver or focus of the course. It was really a lot more than that. So I, I would say for me, it was a great experience. And it introduced, and you know, that group that I was a part of, that first cohort, there've been some really interesting people in the biohacking space that have come out of there. So it was, it's just been fun to evolve with them. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. And of course, so I went to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and you went to IHN, which is the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. And I actually don't think I've talked about this, but when I first came out of university, the same year I enrolled at IHN and I was in the class here in Vancouver and this was in like, I don't know, 2015. And I actually ended up dropping out of the program at that time because I was like, I don't think this program is holistic enough and is in-depth enough for what I actually want to do. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll go be a naturopath. And I was kind of considering all of these different things and then kind of went full circle, but went to a different school to be a nutritionist. But that's why like the institute that you went to for human potential is so interesting is because I think there's more of a focus on biohacking and lifestyle and like mm -hmm. these different modalities and not just here's this meal plan that's going to make you healthier and going to fix everything, which I just don't think is, is the way. For sure. And uh, in fairness to the nutrition programs, both CSNN and IHN, they try to really, they try very hard and they do a pretty good job of giving people a very good foundation in terms of some basic physiology and how the body works and exploring different modalities which within the nutrition world. I mean, I don't know as much about CSNN, but you get exposure into Ayurveda, you get exposure into like herbal medicine, and then also the, all, the whole biochemistry piece and pathology and symptomatology and all that stuff. But I think the hallmark of any of these programs really, it's then what you do with them, because if anything, they give you that foundation and that platform that you're then going to build on based on what direction you take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You really can make it your own. And yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's so interesting. I have so many people, like prospective students who reach out. They're like, how is the program? Do you recommend it? And so it's, it's so yeah. interesting, like listening to another grad like yourself, like, and kind of where you, what you got from it. So you went back to school at one point to study nutrition. But before that, what was your health journey? And kind of what pushed you to that really? Yeah. So it's a good question. And it, for me, it was, it took me a long time to get my head together on this stuff. So, I mean, I was always a science student. I studied physiology at McGill when I was in university way, way back in the day. And I didn't end up pursuing a career in the sciences. I just fell into, of all things, advertising sales. But what I did keep doing my whole life was 
I was always a fitness instructor. So I always kind of had a, like my little toe dipped into this whole wellness world. And my personal health journey is that as I, mine goes back to my birth, I was a C-section baby. I was formula fed and I ended up dealing with a lot of the predictable health issues that came from that. I probably, I was probably on double digit courses of antibiotics by the time I was 10 and it made a disaster out of my gut. And I think that Candida was probably my imaginary friend that was not so imaginary because it was just, it became a real issue for me in my teens, but I didn't actually, I didn't recognize it. I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize that maybe this is what was contributing in large part to a lot of the brain fog. And I was a smart student. And at the same time, I struggled more than I should have through university and, and maybe why I kind of went off in a different direction. And so over the course of my adult life, I off and on would try and deal with these various issues and an immune system that was somewhat unpredictable, probably again, because of the candida and the gut and the whole nine yards. And I think it was probably once I hit my mid thirties that it's a point where you start to look at your family and you start to see all of the chronic health conditions and every family's got them right? So in my family, it's type two diabetes, there's gout, there's some heart issues on some sides, like there's all this different stuff. And through my whole life, because I've always maintained this kind of interest and foundation in science, it never really left me. I also had some pretty strong opinions. Like I didn't really believe that anybody had to get sick. And I didn't believe that. And I have also always really believed that the body has an innate ability to heal as long as we can give it what it needs and kind of get out of the way. And I guess it's over that time. It's around that time. It's also around that time that I had my son, which was a pretty traumatic experience because I ended up developing preeclampsia. So he was born at 28 weeks at a pound 14. And it was a bit of a I could not be here quite easily right now type of experience. And I think that's kind of where I redoubled my focus back on health a little bit. And that's probably what led me down this path of just reading a lot of books, looking into different things. I, I came across the paleo diet at that time and all these different healing modalities. I was always really focused on experimenting on myself. And so I've done them all. The only thing I don't think I've ever really done is to be a vegan that never really resonated for me. And that's what, and, and so the combination of my own health challenges combined with this looking at the way that my family was aging and feeling that there's got to be more we can do about this, I think is what really drove me back to school. And that combined with the fact that I was just done. I was done with this what I perceived as just moving money around kind of career. It just didn't, it was really fun for a very long time. I was really good at it. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't actually care that much about what I do. And I'd really like to care about what I do. <laughs> and so I kind of went back to my roots. This holiday season, the best gifts are personal. And there's nothing more personal than the gift of good health. Whether your loved one runs, bikes, hikes, plays sports, or simply wants to improve their wellness, Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure their body stays in it for the long haul. Gift cards and clothes are impersonal and expected. So why not get your loved one a gift that is truly special and unique to them? This Black Friday, save $200 on Inside Tracker's Ultimate Plan, the most comprehensive way to get personalized insight into their body's well-being. No two people achieve optimal health the same way. Age, genes, nutrition, and lifestyle all play a part. No matter who you're shopping for, Inside Tracker's personalized nutrition and performance system provides the most detailed analysis of their biomarker data from blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracking. Inside Tracker gives them the power to live a healthier, longer life through concrete, personalized action plans consisting of proven science-backed recommendations. So head to InsideTracker.com slash BiohackingBrittany today to save $200 on Inside Tracker's ultimate plan 
and a free inner age, which is like biological age test and enjoy 25% off site wide and give the gift of personalized health. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We actually have a similar journey of just having a lot of antibiotics as a kid. I was also a C-section baby. I had a lot of gut health issues um, as a teen and which kind of morphed into hormonal issues. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think a lot of biohackers actually have this like similar mindset of just because it's happening to people around us doesn't mean it has to happen to us. And what can we do in our daily life to prevent these like serious health issues from coming? And and I really, I just, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure you, you talk about that and educate your clients on exactly that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we have, I mean, obviously there's going to be certain health conditions that are going to rise up that are harder to impact than others, but ultimately you and I both know, and I know without knowing CSNN curriculum, I know I'm pretty confident that at some point they would have told you that disease doesn't build in a week or a month. It's not like a car accident that happens in an instant. Disease builds over decades. So this is really, we do have a lot of control or we have the possibility of having massive impact on our health journey if we're aware and if we're willing to take the steps to that it takes and make those changes and implement them and be open to the possibility that what we think is true today might not be true tomorrow. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm all in, I agree. Like, where do I go from here? Like these like foundational things that I need to be doing every single day as like preventative medicine or preventative health, like what does it actually look like in real life and what should I do? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I think that it's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but the foundations that we all talk about that, I think that by now people are starting to really kind of gain traction with these ideas that how well you sleep, focusing on your sleep, sleep quality is a massive, massive player in your health outcome. It's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect your energy levels. It's going to affect how you age. One of my big focuses, of course, is what can we do to improve and slow down uh, the aging process? And so starting with sleep is a really good, it's a really great place to start. And then obviously nutrition, finding that way of eating and not a diet, but finding that way of nourishing your body that is going to first correct any imbalances that you may have, and then allow you to thrive is going to be the next massive pillar, if you will, that you're going to build that health on. Working with someone so that you can address any hormonal imbalances that you may have and then moving into the world of, are you moving your body? Are you getting outside? Are you doing any kind of exercise whatsoever? I mean, look, not everybody needs to be running 5K or 10K, or frankly, I, I would even argue that marathon running is actually bad for your health, <laughs> but we all need to be moving and we all need to get outside. And this is another piece that I think is starting to gain a lot more attention, and that is connection to nature seeing the sun during the day or natural light and getting your feet in the dirt, grounding, that kind of stuff. Like these are all very basic things that I think are very powerful modalities for the human body. And then finally is, are you managing your stress? There's no doubt that life has always been stressful and the last 20 months or so, we could argue, have been some of the most stressful months many of us have ever had to deal with. And we can't stop the stress, but what we can do is we can affect how the stress affects us and in what ways. And so whether it's developing a breath, breathwork practice or meditation or getting out in nature, whatever the case may be, developing those strategies to help your body manage the stress better so that it doesn't just hit you like a ton of bricks every time you open your eyes, I think it's a massive piece to health. And then we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's interesting you talk about stress like that. I'm actually reading this book right now. I think it's called 
Everyday Vitality. I think that's the name of it. And it talks about how it used to be that people would seek therapy when their stresses were really big, right? So they would go through a divorce or someone would die and they were going through this like stressful one-off like massive event. Yeah. And now people are seeking therapy for everyday life because Mm -hmm. the stressors are just accumulating. So it's not like these big things anymore. It's literally just like daily agitation that they can't handle and can't keep up with. And I think that's so interesting and so accurate because I've definitely had those days where like you go and get in line for a coffee and there's like 10 people in line and you're frustrated at this long line, but it's kind of like, what are you actually frustrated about? It's not the line. It's like something else that's going on and you're just overstressed in general. Right. And so I think it's so interesting to kind of think about stress in a way of like, how do we build resilience for life? Because stress is going to come no matter what, and things aren't always going to go our way. So like, how do we build that resilience through things like sleep and adequate nutrition and getting professional help? Like, yeah, I just think it's needed now. Yeah, no, I think it's the, I think what you're alluding to is these chronic stress, right? And it's like, you think of your, if you think of yourself as having a bucket, right? And we talk about the bucket theory quite often. And it's when we're all born with a certain bucket and you and I, our bucket, it got a head start, right? The cesarean birth, the formula feeding, like all of those things kind of load up the bucket, your genetics might add to the bucket, any number of things. And it's when that bucket overflows that we start to see disease and stress, chronic stress is a huge piece of the puzzle here. And because to your point, people are just constantly feeling under pressure and the stressors that we're all exposed to, whether it's the news, whether it's constant connection to social media, whether it's expectations from other people or just your life in general, like those things are a reality in our world. So it's, it's really about developing the toolkit to just not have it take a chunk out of us every single day. Yeah. How can somebody, or how do you think someone can know if they are under chronic stress? Well, I think it'll affect your sleep for sure. If you feel like you're like a lot of people who have a lot of chronic stress issues, their sleep isn't good. Either they can't fall asleep or they can't stay asleep or their sleep quality is kind of crummy and they wake up exhausted in the morning. They might have a really short fuse like they just feel like you said, every little thing is enough to set them off. And then chronic stress can also ultimately affect us physiologically, right? So if your chronic stress is intense enough, it may take a chunk out of your ability to to withstand exposure to bugs. So it chronic stress can absolutely take a huge toll on your immune resilience, on your immune system. So if you're getting sick all the time and and they're all intertwined, right? Because you're not sleeping enough or you're not eating the right foods or because you're so stressed that you're either emotional eating or you're eating the wrong things or you're not eating at all. Like all of these, that whole, the way chronic stress affects us can be different from person to person, depending on almost like where your weak points are. Yeah. Oh, I totally, I totally agree. And it, I think it's a cycle, right? Like I find if I'm overstressed and overworked, I don't sleep as well. And then the next day, my food cravings are completely off. Like, and as a nutritionist, I know this and I can see it. I literally will eat, I will eat more food on the days I'm tired than days I'm not tired. Sure. Well, and And it's also your hormones, right? Your blood sugar response changes. You crave carbs because you're trying to compensate for the low blood sugar and the whole nine yards. It's, these are all built in mechanisms to, that were originally there to help us survive. But the problem is because we're, because it's become a chronic situation, it now becomes unhealthy, an unhealthy response. Oh, totally. Totally. Like I will totally reach for carbs because I'm like, oh, I want energy. This is going to, this is going to give me energy. Like this bag of chips or whatever it is, is going to make me feel good. And I feel so tired right now. And yeah, I think people get into that cycle over and over again of not getting enough sleep, having these cravings, having these problems, 
overworking and overexercising as well, right? Like for sure. going to hit classes, going to spin classes every single day on top of a stressful life, on top of managing children. It's like, I just, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, no, you're, you know? you're burning the candle at all ends is what you're doing, yeah. but yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting that biohackers in general, like for people who don't understand biohacking or haven't heard of it, and from the outside in, they probably think it's like so fringe and like maybe unnecessary. But then once you're in the world of biohacking, every single person is like, slow down, get in nature, meditate, mm-hmm. relax. Like we all are kind of saying the same thing. And it's against, I think, what modern society is pressuring us to do. Are you concerned about the upcoming holidays and your ability to continue to eat healthy? I've had a few people reach out over social media and my clients and ask me about tips on how to follow their diet or nutrition plan, but also enjoy themselves. It's tough when we have Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas parties, holiday parties, New Year's, work events, and anything else that really gives us opportunities to indulge in super calorie-rich food that we usually don't eat. So how can you not worry as much about this and still maintain healthy glucose levels and start the new year on the right foot? I believe in balance and I definitely think you deserve to indulge, especially this year when we haven't been able to see friends and family a lot lately, the events that we do go to in person, I want you to have a good time and have fun and I would hate to have any recommendation that is restrictive. I'll be taking Keon Lean Supplement which uses plant-based ingredients to support your metabolism, even after carb-heavy meals. So when you're out at these parties, dinners, and events, and likely eating more carbohydrates and calories, using Keon Lean helps to shuttle the excess glucose in your bloodstream into your muscles rather than storing it as fat. Through this mechanism, it supports metabolic wellness, assists in weight management, and can be a part of your diet to help maintain a healthy blood glucose level. I will definitely be taking a few of these at all of my events, absolutely, and you can do the same. It's super easy. Just go to getkeon.com slash Brittany, and you get 10% off all products, including Keon Lean, and also 20% off any product subscriptions. You can use my code biohackingbrittany at checkout as well. Again, that's getkeon.com slash Brittany for 10% off all products and 20% off all product subscriptions. This link will be in my show notes. It'll be on my website. And also you can DM me and message me on Instagram and I will send it to you as well because I think we all need this for the holidays coming up. Yeah, to do more all the time for sure. And the one thing neither we haven't mentioned yet, and I think is starting to become what's well, not starting. I think there are people who've known this is an issue for a long time, but this constant assault of non-native EMFs on our system is, I think it's an underlying stressor. And there are people who believe that we will eventually adapt and that may be true, but I don't know if it's going to happen that quickly. And I recently was was invited to speak at a health summit, which was really interesting because we were in the Appalachian foothills in Kentucky, and we were out camping. And I and I like all biohackers, I wear an aura ring, I wear a bio strap, so I always have an eye on my biometrics. What's my recovery like in the morning, and that kind of stuff. And although I was sleeping on a cot and a camping cot, which honestly felt like a concrete slab. And um, in a tent, the first night, there was this crazy wind and rainstorm. The second night, it got so cold and we just weren't equipped for it. Like we, myself and my tent mates, we went to bed fully clothed, adding as many other layers as we could finally get, (laughs) we could actually get our hands on. But my recovery scores on both those nights were completely off the chart. I've never seen my heart rate variability be that good. I've never seen like just my actual recovery score be that great. And it's interesting because the second night I was so cold, I could have stayed there that night before I left the next day, but I chose to, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to a hotel. I need to, I need a comfy bed. I need a hot shower, like the whole nine yards. 
And the following night, my biometrics were awful. Like they tanked. And it was so interesting to me. I've never considered myself to be in any way impacted or affected by all this Wi-Fi and all this electrical stuff around us. And actually, the thing I didn't mention is that where we were, there was no signal. You couldn't have made a phone call. You couldn't get on the internet. There was like, unless you went to the big house, there was nothing. So we were completely off the grid, which is shockingly really hard to do. Yes. Yes. I think that's, I think it's so interesting because whenever I go camping, there's places here in BC and we have the little dinghy boat that we go up the ocean and we go off grid camping. And it is like, and again, like no signal, nothing, right? Like it is, it's like weird. I, I, you know what I mean? I want to say that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in it and I love it. And I do. But it also takes me a little bit to adjust to like being off grid. And that just shows you how like programmed we are every day with like computer, TV, phone, everything plugged in, Wi-Fi all the time, right? And I definitely, I'm definitely concerned about EMF and I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. And I don't, even if people do believe that we will biologically adapt, I do not think that's going to be in our lifetime. Like there's no way. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to take some time. I mean, we adapt for sure, but we don't adapt that fast. And this is a big, hairy deal. Like this has to do with, we are electrical beings ourselves. And so this is going to take a lot of adaptation (laughs) before it becomes a non-event. And not to mention the fact that the game keeps changing, right? Now we've got 5G to deal with. And that wasn't a thing. And the modems are being made down so that it's almost impossible to turn the Wi-Fi off in your house. And even if you did, you almost can't, you almost can't, you can't stop other people's Wi-Fi from coming into your house. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you know this, but like last year I was starting to have all of these thoughts of EMF and how is it impacting my menstrual cycle? Because what's really interesting is, and now this is like different topic, but my menstrual cycle started getting longer and longer, basically when COVID started. Now I'm not saying there's like a correlation. It could be stress. I don't know. But anyway, so started getting longer and longer and I was ovulating. So the first half of my cycle is much longer. And the second half of my cycle is the same every single time, 14 days, like to a T. And I started thinking about EMF and I was like, every single day I sit in front of a computer and a monitor. I have a Wi-Fi in my like router in my office. I have my phone and I'm in an apartment building. Like I am. And at the time we just recently bought a new place, but at the time we were living on the 19th floor. And I was like, I am so far from the earth right now. No kidding. (laughs) This cannot be good for me. And I bought a EMF blocking blanket. I'm actually wearing it right now. And I wear it on my lap every day. And I started looking at EMF blocking underwear for women and there's like nothing out there. And And I started doing the research and I'm sure as you know, like EMF impacts mitochondria function and the ovaries are the most mitochondria organ of the body. I think it's like a hundred mitochondria per cell for the ovaries. And so I've actually started developing my own line of EMF blocking underwear for women because I want it and I know that other people will want it as well. Yeah, no, for sure. That's amazing. That's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. I can't and, wait to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're called Emphies, by the way, like E-M-F-I-E-S, Emphies. Um, Cute. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And easy. And of course, like, I'm sure you know, there's like underwear out there for men that block it. But again, like I just, I don't believe, I think it's naive to assume that all of the electronics around us are not impacting our health. Absolutely. I think that's... I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's very true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know like you focus a lot on peptides and peptide bioregulators. Now, this is definitely something I don't know too much about, but if someone's listening and they haven't heard of peptides before, how would you describe them? Mm, good question. So peptides are basically small proteins. That's all they are. They're shorter amino acid chains. So we have proteins in our body that are 
well, huge, right? And that's why folding of proteins is so very important to their function. And they can be their, they can be enzymes and they serve a million different functions. But in the case of the peptides that we talk about when we're talking about peptides is they typically are, depending on who you talk to, either 50 or 100 amino acids long maximum. An amino acid is a building block of protein. And thing I like to explain it to people like, like Lego right? When you're, if you played with Lego, or if you have a child that plays with Lego, there's those little one, the one dot blocks. So amino acids are the one dot blocks. And you could have like a 10 amino acid chain or four or five or a 20 or a 30. And so it's all these blocks. And the way that peptides work is they're, they're in different configurations. So they're shaped differently. They're folded in a specific way, but these peptides are Usually they're synthetic analogs of naturally occurring or fragments of naturally occurring proteins in our bodies that have the ability to initiate cascades of reactions in our body. The bioregulators are very, very tiny peptides. They're only two to four amino acids long, and they have have an impact, a direct impact on expression of DNA in our system. So they're like epigenetic regulators. And they tend to have an affinity or more of an affinity for specific tissues, glands, and organs. And they seem to have the ability to help those tissues, glands, and organs to rejuvenate from the inside. I think that's so interesting. So for the bioregulators, what are the typical types and, or what are the most common ones that people get? So the most common ones, the ones that have gotten the most air time, if you will, and I mean, there's, this is very, this is become this is very new in our world. This is old science in places like Russia, which is really where they were discovered about 40 years ago by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Vladimir Kavinson. And he was a young guy in the army at the time and was tasked with figuring a way to protect their soldiers and cosmonauts who were coming back kind of like hot messes after going out into space, which speeds up your aging or spending time in a nuclear submarine, which at the time was poorly insulated and exposing people to radiation. The most common ones that have gotten the most traction, if you will, are there's a pineal peptide, which is which addresses the pineal gland, which is a little pine nut shaped gland in the center of your brain. And that tiny little gland regulates many, many things, including your circadian cycle. It regulates melatonin production. It actually produces melatonin. And it also seems to be like the master, they call it the master endocrine regulator. The other thing that epitalon can do is it seems to activate an enzyme called telomerase, which is the enzyme that can help to lengthen telomeres on the ends of your DNA. So telomeres are like most people will describe them as like shoelaces on the end of the DNA. Every time your DNA replicates, it kind of, it's like a PEZ. It kind of shortens up your telomere by a unit, if you will. And the shorter your telomeres are, the closer you are to more aging, chronic, developing chronic diseases, stuff like that. And what Epitalon seems to do, or which it has different names, it's epitalon or endolutin, depending on which form you get, it seems to activate telomerase so that it lengthens those telomeres. So there's a way of measuring your biological age versus your chronological age. So your chronological age is how many times you've been around the sun. Your biological age is how old are you from the inside? Like how old are your cells? And it and telomere length would be one way of estimating your biological age. The longer your telomeres are, the younger, the younger you are kind of thing. So Epitalon is one of those, probably the best known and the best, the most used that I've seen. Then there's another, there's kind of three. Well, there's two in principle, and I will always add a third, which is kind of the, the primary triad that people will use. And the next one is called thymogen. So it's the thymus bioregulator. So we know that the thymus gland, which is in the center of our chest and central to our immune system uh, starts to involute or turn into fat as we age. As we go north of 30, we start to lose the function of that gland. Well, thymogen is, seems to be able to restore integrity and function to the thymus gland. Next, we have the blood vessel bioregulator, which, can, which is called Vesugin, or I can forget the other name for it, 
But the blood vessel bioregulator essentially helps to rejuvenate the inside of the endothelium of the blood vessels. And so the, the, the basic premise is if you were to throw me on a desert island and told me I could only have one bioregulator, I would pick a pitalon. If I was allowed two, I'd go with a pitalon and thymogen. And if I got three, I would add it that blood vessel bioregulator. Because if you think about it, a pitalon is kind of like this master gland of circadian rhythm, of melatonin production, of telomerase. And of course, if, if we normalize our melatonin production, we're going to sleep better. And if we sleep better, then we're going to make growth, more growth hormone. We're going to age more slowly. Like all of these things will fall into place. If we can then add thymogen and keep our immune system young, well, immune dysfunction is one of the key hallmarks of aging. And finally, if we can restore integrity, function, and youthfulness to our blood vessels, then that means that our cells are having nutrients delivered to them and waste products taken away. And it goes a long way to lots of different systems, obviously. And then there are there are in total, I think, about 21, maybe 25 bioregulators, and each one of them addresses a different tissue gland or organ in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely heard of some of those ones before, and I think it's interesting to use them like multiple, like kind of like compound them. So like a couple different scenarios, if someone like me was like, okay, I want to try these bioregulators for the first time and I want to support my menstrual cycle and my, my sex hormones, what would you recommend for that? So, so that you brought up a really good point. Typically the bioregulators are used in stacks, right? So you want to think of what are the organ systems that are going to contribute? What are the organs or glands that are going to contribute to that system that is responsible for your menstrual cycle or that's driving your menstrual cycle? So I would absolutely start with epitalon because it's that master regulator. I would absolutely include the blood vessel, especially at least for a little while, because I think it's, it's just central to, to anything. There's an ovarian bioregulator, which would be de rigueur. You would not go without that. You might want to look at the adrenals and the thyroid gland because these, again, this is kind of part of this whole master system. The body doesn't work in silos, right? The body doesn't just worry about the ovaries. It's worrying about all of the systems and all of the systems that may have an influence there. And so you could stop there. You could, I would always include thymus anyway. If somebody, no matter what, not that it's necessarily central to your menstrual cycle, but I think that you'd at least want to pay some attention to the thymus gland for a period of time. And I think that that would probably be it. I think what's in, what's important to understand about the bioregulators is they're not they're not like an instant switch. So whereas a typical peptide, like for example BPC one five seven, which is a repair peptide, which is probably one of the best known. You might use BPC-157 if you have an injury or if you suffered a TBI for repair purposes. So you will use it for a defined period of time, whether four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, depending on the situation. You might use it with other peptides. But what it will do is it will initiate these cascades, right? It'll help with inflammation. It'll do all this, all these different processes in order to get that job done. With the bioregulators, you're looking at doing work over a longer period of time. So with a situation, for example, with your menstrual cycle, you might want to be using the bioregulators over a three to six month period to give your body a chance to kind of make those changes inside and for you to start to see them happen. But the way that you use them is you don't use them continuously. You kind of would use them in a pulsed manner from month to month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I've read. I think it's like, for the first, oh, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's, is it one month you do it for 30 days and then the, yeah. mo- the months after that, it's 10 days for every month? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. And then on the flip side, like if there's male li- males listening and they're having issues, you know, like low libido or low testosterone and like that type of sex hormones, would it kind of be the same stack of like pineal gland, blood vessel gland, and then the one that's like applicable to their sex hormones or? Yeah. So it's again, and the, actually the other thing I didn't mention about epitalon is that it also seems to regulate FSH or normalize FSH. And which, as you know, is important for both men and women. 
And so that Epitalon is, it's almost like a foundation for almost anything that you do, but there's also, there's testogen, there's a testicular bioregulator, and there's also a prostate bioregulator. So you would definitely use those three. And then you would think about, well, what else is happening with this person that could be getting in the way, right? And what type of, so I'm assuming like you make these recommendations to your clients and and they try them, they try them out. And do they notice a difference after three to six months? Like, do they have some sort of healing from it? Yeah. I mean, look, it depends on the person. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to see stabilization or one thing that's really important to know about the bioregulators is they don't boost anything. They normalize, right? So, which is what makes them probably pretty safe. I've never seen an adverse reaction. I mean, now I haven't been at it for 40 years, but the, all of the literature that I've read about it is that they are, they're really safe. They, people don't tend to have bad reactions to them. The absence of stories that say that they're not safe in the absence of extensive clinical trials, this, that, and the other thing doesn't mean that they are completely safe. So I'm just going to say, because they tend to normalize versus boost production would give you a measure of a buffer of, of comfort if you will. And again, what I was going to say is it depends on the person. It depends on what else is going on. It depends on what's driving the dysfunction in the first place. Don't forget that if there's a driver that's causing this imbalance and you haven't addressed the driver, it's kind of like you can't fix a kitchen in a burning house. If the fire's still burning, the kitchen's still going to burn down. You can keep building it, but it's going to keep burning down. So you need to have a really holistic approach to this and try to have some understanding of what's driving the issues so that if it's chronic inflammation or the person doesn't sleep or they're super stressed, like all the things we've been talking about, they're always going, you're always going to get best results when you address everything in addition to bringing those bioregulators on board. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So for Canadians, where if they want to if they want to purchase some, where can they purchase them? So for the when I guess one last thing I should probably communicate is that there's two ways of well there's many ways of using bioregulators, but the two main ways that we have access to is that there's a biologic form which is an actual extract from those tissues, glands and organs from young calves that have been grown under very specific circumstances, like so that you get healthy material from healthy animals, if you will. And those are the biologics. And that's where the nomenclature gets a little funny. Like epitalon is actually the name of the synthetic, just the amino acid chain of the bioregulator, whereas endolutin is the name of the biologic version of the of the pineal gland bioregulator. So if I'm getting the synthetic version, which is typically used by injection, by a subcutaneous injection, so it's kind of like like what a diabetic would, how a diabetic would use insulin. Um, and insulin, by the way, is a peptide, just as an aside. But but the, if I was doing that, I would be getting it from a place called from a um, research lab in Montreal. And you have to know that these are compounds that are not they're not approved by Health Canada. So you're definitely moving into a world of, they're not illegal and they're not legal. So you're moving into this biohacking world, just to be clear with people. If they want to use them orally, then the interesting thing about the oral version, which is the biologic, is they are classified as nutritional supplements. And those, I would get those from a place in the UK, Profound Health, and the website is profound-health.com. And I would order them from there. And I actually just received a box from them today. And if anybody's interested, I actually recorded a podcast with the owner of Profound Health, Phil Mikens, last spring. And there's a discount code that people can use for their first order in the show notes and at the end of that episode, if they wanted to use it. Yeah, I will definitely go and listen to that. So if you want to take the oral version, it's Profound Health. And then if you want to take the injectable version, you get them from a place in Montreal. Yeah. And people get, I mean, I can give the website here if you want. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's canlabsciences.com. And there's, because I run a very large Facebook community, the, all the, we have discount codes for all these different 
places so that people can save a little bit of money when they're placing their orders. But, you know, when it comes to the peptides, especially the injectables, I would say get yourself some guidance from someone because I get people in the group all the time who will put up a post and say, okay, I, they get really excited. They've listened to a podcast and they're like, okay, I just ordered five vials of this and two vials of this and three vials of that. So now what do I do? I'm like, okay, well now what you do is you book a consult with either me or someone else. And preferably you've done that before you went shopping because we can maybe give you a better idea of what you actually need. <laughs> And then hopefully help to give you enough information to guide you on how to use them. Right. Is there a difference in like effectiveness between taking them through injection versus orally? Yeah. So they're different products, right? So the injectable kind, especially the synthetics are said to be faster acting, but they don't, but the effects may not last as long. And if you think about it, what you're getting is just the isolated amino acid sequence from that whole complex that they're extracting out of the organ for the biologic, for the oral one. So the oral may take a little bit longer to do it, work its magic, but the, but the benefits last longer. And I believe, and I've discussed this with a couple of experts on my podcast, that the reason for that is when you're getting the biologic, you're actually getting a, you're getting like a, the whole food version of the peptide. So you're getting a lot of cofactors along with it. It's a little bit like eating beef liver versus taking B vitamins and vitamin A and all the other vitamins you get from liver. You can isolate those vitamins and it's not that they're not going to work, but there seems to be something to getting it from the whole food that is more in line with what the body needs and seems to hit home in a different way. So do you take the, like the ones from, from Pro Health, Profound Health then? I use both. I've been using the synthetics for the last couple of years, which is probably what got me to where I am on my biological age. And I've just um, joined the clinical trial with Dr. Lawrence, and I'm now starting a whole journey of using really just the oral bioregulators for the next probably it'll be for the next three years. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I guess it's like people's preference too, right? And like you said, like not everyone is comfortable with having vials and having to do yeah. that <laughs> compared to just like taking it like they would a supplement, right? Yeah. It's kind of like what you would actually be willing to do as well. Yeah. To a point. And also like someone who's vegan, who absolutely positively will not, cannot, could never think of consuming an animal product will have, will be able to use the synthetic. The other thing that's happening with the synthetics, and I don't have as much experience with these, I'll be honest with you, is they're starting to pop up as sublingual sprays. Yes. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I don't have as much experience with them. So I can't tell you if they work as well. In theory, they should. If you're spraying something under your tongue, it's being absorbed directly into your bloodstream through that oral mucosa that is very, very well vascularized and very permeable to these things because they're so tiny, right? Like you're talking about something that's so small, it can cross a cellular membrane, it can cross a nuclear membrane, and it can bind to DNA. Oh, it's so cool. That's yeah, uh, very cool. <laughs> it, it is. It's just interesting, right? Like it's just, it's another way of looking at things and looking at your health. And yeah, I've just, I hear about peptides more and more. And I think it's a very like up and coming thing, at least in North America. Like you said, it's very old science in Russia, which is great to hear as well. I and mean, I'm definitely going to go check out some of the places that you recommended because I was waiting for this discussion before placing my order. <laughs> because of course, like when you go to these websites, right, you don't really know what you should get. And you've heard that you should stack them, but you're not sure what to stack. So I think yeah. you've definitely provided a lot of information. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, it's funny. I have a client who called me and said, okay, Nat, I have this problem. I have this late night shopping problem. And she, I don't know, she must've spent thousands of dollars and just had bought, I, I mean, I don't know, she almost bought out the whole website. It was hilarious, but I was sitting there going, oh my God. Okay. So I'm trying to create a program out of this. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit like master chef, right? It's like, okay, you oh, have yeah. these 27 ingredients. 
go. (laughs) Holy jumping. Like, what am I going to do? And so I kind of created the most coherent kind of protocol I could for her based on her goals. And then I just made her promise. I said, please, for both our sakes, next time, the next time you get that urge to shop, just please call me first and let's make it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So if people want to connect with you and talk further about this with you, where can they go? So they can find me on, so first they can go to my website, which is natnidham.com. You can uh, book a short 20 minute call with me there, or you can also find me on Facebook. I have a very rather vibrant and active Facebook group called Optimizing Superhuman Performance there. And they can listen to the podcast, which is called Biohacking Superhuman Performance. And that one, there's a couple of episodes in particular that are focused on the bioregulators, which are 42, 46, and 47, just to save people a bit of time. There's also a lot of different episodes on just regular peptides and other stuff. And and then they can follow me on Instagram, which is just Natalie Nidham. And uh, that about covers it, I think. And yeah, and if you guys decide that you want to buy some peptides, just shoot me a note. We have discount codes for all that stuff. and Or we can put them in the show notes, Brittany, yeah. if you want. It's yeah. completely up to you. Absolutely. Yeah, I will definitely link to all of that in the show notes um, and on my website. So it's really easy for everyone to find. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And, and thanks for your time. This was great. Brittany, this has been amazing. This is so fun. I'm so honored to have been here and I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.